0: Your Locked On Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this late Thursday evening episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I promise this will not be a regular thing moving forward as I do come back from vacation tomorrow, but I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow these shows Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, very low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. You can visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So the Penguins, they continue their point streak here, but they do fall victim to a loss to the Broad Tribal Philadelphia Flyers 2-1 to via a shootout. Um, I guess my overall thoughts on the game to start with, I'm not super upset with this loss, and I don't think anyone in the fan base or anyone that listens to this podcast rather as well should be either. Um, I thought Pittsburgh controlled the game throughout the 65 minutes. Um, if I went to natural stat trick, um, as I'm just updating this right now, at 5v5, the Penguins had 53.8% of the shot attempts. They lost the high danger battle 12-9 to Philadelphia. The expected goal score was 1.76, 2.11 for Philly. Um, if you go to all situations, Pittsburgh did have 53.5% of the shot attempts, high danger 13 to 11 in favor of Philly, but scoring chances for, scoring chances against, 26 to 20. If you go to 5v5, 20 scoring chances for, 14 scoring chances against, and finally, um, expected goals for in all situations, Philly at 2.66 and Pittsburgh at. 2.3, so it was a little more even than uh, originally thought, but like I said, I still like what the eye test told me. Um, Overall, I did think the Penguins played well enough to win. It was just that, you know, this happens every single time the Penguins play a struggling goaltender. Carter Hart came into this game playing like total garbage for the last month and a half, basically tanked their season as um, Dom from the Athletic had the playoff odds day from all the playoff teams that are currently in, and the Flyers have only like a 1% or 2% chance of making the playoffs, and there's what, 3-4 to weeks left in the season. That is how bad it has been for Philadelphia these last six to seven weeks. Um, they only gained one point on the Penguins tonight. The Rangers also won, so they really didn't gain ground on anyone. You know, Maybe they gained a little bit of ground on the Bruins um, because they lost to the Islanders, but the Bruins still have a lot more games left against Buffalo the rest of the way, though. Buffalo did help the Penguins out tonight. They beat the Capitals in regulation, they've actually won five of their last 10 games ever since they ended their 18 game losing streak. So maybe Jack Eichel was the problem. Maybe Taylor Hall was the problem, even though he scored tonight. You know, who knows? But, you know, good to see the Sabres winning at least a few games as we get closer here to the end of the season. But back to the overall game, I thought the first period, especially, I didn't get to catch. A lot of it because I was out, you know, just doing stuff on my vacation. But I did get was able to watch the highlights of it. Probably the most boring first period that I can remember. Um, I was hoping for Jeff Carter to score in his first game in a Penguin uniform, especially against Philly. Um, inject that stuff into my veins. He almost did it. I think just a couple minutes in, missed a wraparound chance on Carter Hart because he misplayed the puck. Uh, basically, would have brought the house down there. And I also forgot that it looked like PPG Paints Arena increased their attendance. It, I think it's 25% capacity now, but it was still nice to see some fans. So socially distanced um, at the lower concourse, you know, especially near the glass, at least. That was really nice to see. You know, we're getting closer, I think, to the end of this thing with more vaccinations every single day. I actually have my first shot coming up in early May and I encourage everyone um, to get vaccinated as we continue I think to progress closer and closer to getting back to normal so hopefully by the fall we'll have full attendance at PBG Paints Arena but you know I mean that, that's just a typical Elaine Vigno style game those boar fests they're just you know, a little trappy but the Penguins didn't give the Flyers a lot and the Flyers didn't give them a lot in return either the second period it opened up a bit um, obviously the lone Penguins goal was highlighted by um, the Penguins equipment manager <laughs> 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 the stick person whatever giving Cindy Crosby a stick on the rush he comes flying down, buries a rebound, not even 10 seconds later, and you just see the highlight of everyone just mobbing him on the bunch. I think Mike Sullivan admitted after the game that if the Penguins would have won that game via overtime or shootout or regulation, he would have gotten the um, the Warrior helmet, the, the, the Fire helmet. Uh, whatever helmet that they give um, the, the player of the game after the game, he would have gotten it just because what a play that was. Just You don't really see that ever when it comes to Hockey games, just an equipment manager, stick manager, just giving a player to a stick. And then basically five seconds later, that player scoring on a sequence. But that was still awesome to see. Nicely, I see Sidney Crosby continue to get on the score sheet. And I thought a couple other players had some really great games as well. Chris Letang, again, was magnificent. I saw some people kind of blaming Letang for that overtime penalty, um, which Sidney Crosby took. But I don't know what play people were watching, but that was all on Sidney Crosby. Had a pass in no man's land, which led to a two-on-one and I think Latang was the player that got back to disrupt that, and then the other player who was awesome in overtime as well that broke up another odd man rush. It was about to be a breakaway, I think, from Lawton. I think it was Jason Zucker got back, had an awesome diving play to break it up. You know that the fans really got up for that one. And then of course they had the penalty kill of the season. I did not think the Penguins would be able to survive that and get to a shootout. They did. But going back to Chris Letang, um, he was just awesome. He continues to play at this elite level that we have not seen since, honestly, 2015-16. He should be getting more Norris love right now. If you look up just his regular stats, uh, if you just go to Hockey Reference, has 34 points in 41 games. Um, His possession is around 50% this year, so a little bit lower than in recent years. But if you also look at Chad, who does the 412 um, sports podcast, um, he was our top-rated skater tonight. Since February, his game score is good for top 10 at his position. Um, I think he was played, what, 24, almost 30 minutes tonight. His game score was 0.73, ranks 37th out of all defensemen in the league. Um, he has been a rock this season for Pittsburgh, especially after coming back from that Missed game, I think, due to an injury, but he is playing at the top of his level right now, and I think more people need to start appreciating it. But I also love, you know, that the Latang haters are silent right now. But I'm sure the first time he screws up, you're going to see all the Latang haters come after him while ignoring the outstanding play that he has done the last six to seven weeks. Brian Dumoulin, he was steady tonight, I thought as well. Drew the penalty late in the third period. I think Konechny um, was the one that took it. You know, he was whining like kind of a bit, bit of a biatch going to the penalty box. You know, he, he's kind of turned into And, you know, people like to rag on Sidney Crosby for whining all those years. Travis Konechny has really um, turned himself into, honestly, one of the biggest crybabies in hockey. Every time that guy takes a penalty, every time something so small happens, he turns into such a little biatch, just whining and moaning to the ref. It's just like, dude, just skate to the box and stop being a baby, you know. he hears those little earmuffs during his games. He's just... I, I guess he's the typical player you love if he's on your team, but you hate if he's against. But I, I can't stand his antics. And, you know, he, he always just bitches about something whenever they play against Pittsburgh. So I, I liked seeing that at least, you know, just him going to the box and being mad that he committed an obvious infr- infraction. And then you get to the incident a few minutes later with about, what, 30 seconds left in regulation? clear high stick to the face on Evan Rodriguez, not called. Why was it not called, everyone? Because this is the NHL. This is their officiating, and, you know, they're they're managing the game in quotation marks. you think that they wouldn't be doing this anymore, especially after what happened with Tim Peel just a few weeks ago. But no, the people that thought this was going to stop, I am afraid I have some bad news, everyone. They are going to continue to do this until the end of time. They do not care. They want it to be at 5v5 and even strength because the game was probably going to go to overtime, and they, they didn't want the Penguins finishing the game with less than 30 seconds to go or via a four on three in overtime just because everyone loves seeing regular three on three. And a three on three was awesome, I'm gonna get to that. In the next segment, but it, that is why the penalty was not called. They were obviously going to call the Sidney Crosby thing in overtime, just because that is how officiating works. It's basically a little bit of a make. It, well, uh, let me pause here. It was an obvious infraction, but it was a makeup call because the Flyers got penalized very late in the third period, and then they didn't get penalized for the other one. So of course they were going to give them a power play. The next very little thing the Penguins do, regardless of anything. So that is why you saw the Flyers get a power play with about what two. Two minutes remaining in the overtime session. And, you know, kudos to the Penguins' penalty killers. I tweeted that was probably the PK of the season with how great they were. Don't really know why you're having Mark Kalski on there, but he was able to do the job. I thought Tristan Jari was stellar tonight. Made a lot of good saves. I think that lone goal that was scored in the third period from Voracek, he probably wanted back. And then, you know, you don't see him get schooled that much in the shootout, I'm going to have more on that in the next segment, but you could tell he was very visibly upset after that performance just because I think overall going into the shootout, I think at t Sportsnet had the stat. In case you all did not see it, I'm going to have it here for you. Um, he had made 14 saves out of 18 shots in a shootout. I mean, that's pretty damn good. I think that's what, 77.2% if my math is correct. I mean, that that's... Mark andre Fleury territory with how good he was in shootouts with the Penguins. I mean, he's one of the best shootout goaltenders of all time. But Jari had been outstanding in shootouts going into this one, but for some reason was not on his A game tonight. Like I said, I'm going to have more on the overtime in the shootout coming up in the next segment. But before we do get to that, it is time to talk about Something new. And that this episode is brought to you by 1010. It's a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced. Limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010. It's an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Yes, Ashley, if you were listening to this, just turn it off because you're, you're not going to be getting this for quite a while. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. Like I said, Ashley, stop listening to this if you're listening to this podcast right now. They are available now through Mother's Day only on bluenile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly price so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. I checked a couple out and I'm just blown away by the beautiful, simple rings that they have. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check Check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at Blue Nile.com. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. <clears throat> Excuse me. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So let's get to the overtime here. Pittsburgh flat out dominated the three-on-three portion uh, for those first three minutes of overtime. How the Penguins did not win the game there in those first three minutes just blows my mind. Again, this is another case of a struggling goaltender who has stung for the last six weeks, just plays like God against the Penguins. It's happened so many times this season. I don't even wanna talk about how many times it's happened just because it pisses me off every time. I bring it up. But Carter Hart won that game for the Flyers. And that's basically it. I mean, you saw late in the third period, especially getting back to the overtime in a second, Ed Rodriguez robbed point blank, not even five feet away from the net. That's a puck that goes in the net nine out of 10 times. Zach aston Reese has a two-on-one in the third period as well. Um, basically is robbed again by Carter Hart. I'm going to have more on aston Reese later in the podcast and why for some reason people are starting to pick on him a little more again. Um, again, so they get a two-on-one, Crosby they get a 2 about 25. 30 seconds into overtime. Gensel has heart beat by a mile. Hits the crossbar. They, they just had no puck luck at all tonight. And the goaltender playing on fire. That's that's hockey. That happens. And you just, you got to move on from it. I mean, a shootout is, it's basically a crap shoot. You know, it's it's who makes the best move. Which goalie fucks up the most. And tonight, that was Tristan Jari. I already talked about the PK and stuff. I mean, Matheson in overtime. I mean, he almost had a sick goal to himself. Basically, put the puck up to his stick, swung at it with a baseball bat, went kind of just wide of heart. If he was able to score there, um, I probably would never have picked on Mike Matheson again just because of how awesome that move was, and if that would have worked, like I said, that easily would have brought PBJ Paints Arena. That, that It would have burned the place down to the ground with how great that was. Jason Zucker, already touched on his great defensive play. Sidney Crosby, you know, a shift to forget that led to Philadelphia's power play. I think if he doesn't take that penalty, he doesn't have that stupid pass that leads to it. I think Pittsburgh probably wins that game in the three-on-three portion with how they were playing. There was just so many scoring chances in Philadelphia's own end. I think Philadelphia only had one or two scoring chances in Pittsburgh, end, Pittsburgh's end excuse me one of them was a two-on-one that a flyer shot way wide or way high excuse me over Jari the other one was just basically broken up with ease so the Penguins dominated that three-on-three portion were able to survive with that penalty kill get it to a shootout it looked good for at least the star Gensel had that awesome move on Hart, just a gorgeous goal from him, was able to just open up the wickets just a little bit, sneak that puck five hole, and this is a Penguins team that does not lose many shootouts, especially at home. Um, I think there was a stat on Twitter that I saw, this was the first time the Penguins lost a shootout game at PBJ Paints Arena since March 24th of 2017. The, The lone goal for that shootout, John Tavares of the New York Islanders before he signed with the Toronto Maple Leafs. So yes, that is how long it had been since the Penguins had lost a shootout at home. They hardly ever do it. I mean, they hardly ever lose at home, period, this season. Um, they vir- virtually won every game there and they've gotten at least a point in virtually every game at home this season. So this was rare on both accounts losing at home and also losing a shootout at home. And I can't even remember the last time the Penguins and Flyers had a shootout. I think it's been quite a while. I'm going to have to double check that for potentially the next segment or for tomorrow's episode. But, you know, I can't remember the last time these two teams did have a game that went to a shootout. And then, you know, in the shootout, Jari was able, he just got flat out owned. I mean, Claude Giroux's goal, disgusting in every possible way. I mean, I know a lot of Penguins fans hate Claude Giroux for obvious reasons, of course, you know, he is a flyer and... Everyone thought he's the best player in the world back in 2012 when, you know, he just beat Sidney Crosby in a playoff series like a lot of other players have. But he did undress Jari pretty badly with that move. Um, went to the far left and then stopped right at the perfect time and went back to his forehand. And Jari was so out of position, it was not even funny. Penguins go the other way. I would just love to see one time Sidney Crosby pull a deke off in a shootout. He always just likes to come in, stop, and then spire a glove side. Buddy, you're one of the three best players in the world. Just do a Deke and bring the house down. I really don't get why he doesn't Deke more often in the shootout. I know the shootouts, it's just kind of a rare breed at this point because a lot of the games end it via the 3v3 in overtime or just in regulation, to be honest with you. But. I really don't get why he doesn't deke as much. I would love for him to do it more. He just always likes to do that stupid thing where he comes in and just either fires at five hole or fires at glove side. Hart was ready for that one. Nice glove save. Then Sean Couturier comes in, and what a goal that was. Roofs that um, glove side with his backhand past Jari. I think the big thing on that goal was, why didn't Jari poke check that? I mean, that's a classic... Poke check moment. I mean, you definitely would have seen Marc Andre Fleury do that if he were here as the Penguins goaltender. And no, everyone, I'm not wishing for Marc Andre Fleury to be the Penguins goaltender right now. I mean, even though he is having a great year, but he still should have poke checked there. And especially considering in this game, Jari was pretty aggressive, I thought in net. So it was kind of weird there for him to be so cautious in the shootout because he's also usually so great in the shot. He's got a poke check there. I mean, Petruly was what? Not even 10 feet from the net. He was basically five, six feet away. He's got to put his stick out there and disrupt that because if that happens, um, the Penguins potentially win that game. As then Crystal Tang was up next and then he was able to not score as Carter Hart made that save glove side. He usually likes to do that forehand backhand move, but I think a lot of goaltenders are ready for that now, and I guess that's why he didn't try it. You know, who knows? I guess he wanted to do something different. Penguins fall in the shootout 2-1 to one, to the Philadelphia Flyers. You know, I saw from the NHL's Twitter account, you know, big win for the Flyers. Yeah, big win for what? What are their playoff odds? Go up to like 2-3%. The next time these two teams will play, it'll be um, the Penguins will only have 3-4 to four games left in the regular season. So it'll likely be over at that point for the Flyers with their season if the Bruins and every team in the top four take care of business by then. So this win honestly doesn't mean much. They only gained one point on the Penguins overall. It does suck, though, because Washington did lose in regulation to Buffalo tonight. Of course, the Penguins will play on Saturday and Sunday, and Boston – They did win, which stinks. They're now, I think, four points behind the Penguins. But the Islanders also lost tonight. They were the ones that lost to the Bruins. So the Penguins gained one point on them, but they were not able to tie them in the standing. So the East Division right now, Penguins are three points out of first place, and they're also one point out of second place. And then Boston's creeping them up on them a little bit. Four points behind them. The Penguins, though, still have two more games left against the Bruins. Both of those games will be at PBJ Paints Arena. But overall, before I get to the listener takeaways for this one, Shrug it off, everyone. It's not that big of a deal. They got a point. They're still having a point streak. They're still banking points, which is nice, considering some of the injured players are not back yet. I thought Jeff Carter had a rock-solid debut. Um, If you go to his stats from natural stat trick, even, um, he was on the ice for a lot more shot attempts um, than shot attempts against. Um, Basically, at least through two periods, 10 shot attempts for three shot attempts against had 71% of the expected goal share. Um, that is elite. And you can see why I was so high on this trade. He was getting to the dirty areas, firing a lot of pucks on net. He's one of the best volume shooters in the league and his skating tonight was absolutely through the roof. I mean, he was making uh Marlowe look like a scrub um, when he made his debut last season with the Penguins. I really don't understand why people were making the comparison to Patrick Marlowe when this trade happened. I understand Jeff Carter is 36 years old, but But, you know, this is not a slow player. Yes, he only has 19, 20 points in 40-something games this year. But this is still a very serviceable player and someone that you can easily plug into your bottom six and he can chip in on the score sheet during some games, especially, I think, in some big moments as well. But a really good first game, I thought, from Carter. It was almost every time his line took the ice that, you know, Jared McCann and Jason Zucker, they were getting a lot of offensive zone time and they were getting shot attempts and shots on goal. In the offensive zone, I think we're going to see more of that moving forward, especially as the Penguins go to Buffalo. That the Sabers have won five of their last ten games, so they'll have to be on a little bit of high alert going into those two games. Uh, Three o'clock start on Saturday, and then three o'clock start on. Sunday as well. And also, before we do get to listener takeaways, I really don't get why so many people were picking on Zach Aston Reese tonight. I mean, I'm going to keep saying it. He is the most underappreciated, undervalued player on this team. Um, As Jesse Marshall tweeted, he is sixth on the team in goals per 60 of even strength. I mean, so there's literally... Only five other players that are doing better at goals per 16 than him. And he mainly plays on the fourth line when everyone is healthy. He has been a rock for Pittsburgh this year. He's also a great shot suppressor on the team. People like to think that he doesn't do all these good plays 24-7 and that there's a lot more bad than good. I don't know what version of Zach aston Reese you're watching, but it's not the version that has great underlying numbers and is having his best offensive season of his career. I mean, they're just people are seeing what they want to see, and it's almost a little like Chris Letang-y. I mean, I'm obviously not going to compare Chris Letang to Zach aston Reese because, you know, one player is a hell of a lot better than the the other one. Excuse me, one player is an elite defense in the NHL. The other one is mainly just a bottom sixer on a contending team, but a damn good bottom six player at that. But people just see what they want to see when it comes to both Chris Letang and Zach Gaston-Reese, and they can never point out the good with them. but the first time they do something bad, oh my god he stinks, you should trade him, you know Gaston-Reese has fine hands, he made a couple brilliant passes tonight, he probably should have had a goal on the two-on-one in the third period, Hart just made a better save, but he continues to play great even with Brandon Tanniff being out of the lineup, and I'm not really sure when he's going to return, probably won't be until the playoffs but he does have Teddy Blueger back, which does help quite a bit, but I really was impressed with his game overall tonight. Like I said, I really don't get why Aston Reese haters uh, just continue to have to be so weird. But Anyhow, coming up in the next segment, we will get to the listener takeaways, but before we do that, it is time to talk about a couple things, one of them being rockauto.com. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You can go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's very classic or daily driver, you can get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and very easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always right below, and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why should you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? You can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, and you can write locked on in their how to do here about Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliable right below prices, all the parts a car ever need. That is rockauto.com. Of course, we cannot forget about BetOnline. It's the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA and the NHL are still in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. You can get real-time, updated odds, and props to almost anything you can imagine. It has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up for. You can head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts, with the promo code locked on at BetOnline.ag. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So, let's get to the listener takeaways tonight. There's only about six to seven of them, but let's see what you all are thinking. Gilbert the Goat says, yes, death, taxes, and struggling goaltenders playing good against the Penguins. Yes, Gilbert, I know. It's happened quite a bit this season. We saw with with Dustin Tokarski, with Buffalo against the the Penguins, just I think, um, a few weeks ago, even though the Penguins won both of those games, you know he was basically just playing like God in both of them. He thinks Pittsburgh dominated the game. I mean, I wouldn't say they dominated the game. I thought they were the better team, and the Corsi would back you up, and the scoring chances for and the scoring chances against would as well. But I did think they didn't have the best first period. And, I mean, they were also off for three days, people. And the last time they played was Sunday. So that is going to happen. But I don't think they have another four, three-day break like that until the playoffs, if I'm not mistaken, if I, if the schedule um, is right. He also says Sid and Jeff Carter played really well tonight. The score could have easily been 5-1 Pittsburgh if it wasn't for Hart. I mean, yeah, Hart did win them this game. I will agree with that. I mean, he made so many 10-bell saves on Penguin players that you know Jari didn't even have to make on some of the Flyers players. He also says annoying to lose to those mouth-breeding Flyers, though. Yeah, I mean, it is a bit annoying to lose to them, especially because they're not going to make the playoffs and they're not going to catch the Penguins. I mean, Pittsburgh's 11 points up on them, and they both teams have 13 games left, so unless there's like a monumental collapse, uh, that team is not going to catch Pittsburgh. I don't think the Rangers will either. Frytime says Carter was better than expected, should have finished in OT but move on, still gained a point. Yeah, exactly, man. They, they still have a little bit of a nice point streak going. They should have won the game in overtime. Gensel hit the crossbar, had a couple other great chances with Matheson's. Um, like I said, man, if Crosby doesn't take that penalty, they probably finish them off in the three-on-three. And yes, I really liked Carver's games. tonight. You can really see how fast he is still, um, how great of a volume shooter he is, and he always gets to those uh, dirty areas where a lot of the goals are scored. Alan Teodor says, Hope the refs are happy. Absolutely ridiculous that we didn't get a few calls throughout the game. I mean, yeah, I, I do understand that. I was pretty miffed that they didn't get the call at the end of the third period, but, you know, I've just come to terms now, Alan, that this is what the NHL likes and that they're going to continue to quote unquote manage the game until the end of time because they wanted everyone to see the three on three, and that's why they're just not going to call the penalty there. Uh, he said, Puckluck wasn't on our side, but getting that call still could have changed the game. Crowd brought it tonight, Jar." was great again what a goal by 87 yes love that goal by Crosby I thought outside the shootout Jari did play a really nice game I expect him to start the first game on Saturday before to Smith gets the follow-up game on Sunday and yeah they just sometimes you don't get puck luck hockey's a bitch you know th- th- this sport is stupid sometimes that's what happens Mr. Newadol says unbelievable the worst goalie in the league we make him look like an all-star yeah I mean he was playing pretty bad it's it is a bit annoying that they could only get one goal past him. Why wasn't Zohorna in the lineup? Yeah, that, that is a good question, Mr. Nodal. I'm glad you asked that. I don't get why someone like Mark Jankowski was in the lineup over him. Even Sam Lafferty. Just because we know the Penguins are not going to have Jankowski in the lineup when everyone is fully healthy. You know, knock on wood, God willing, at least. But it was still weird for them to take Zohorna out when he was basically almost a point-per-game player through this short little sample that he's been providing. And he's been good offensively. So that was a curious decision from Mike Sullivan. I understand putting Colton Seaver in the lineup because he's played well these last few games, but Benching Zohorna for, for both. Lafferty and Jankowski, definitely a bit of an odd choice there. It's definitely not something that I would have done, but you know, I'm not going to get too upset over it. Yes, they did play well enough to win. Still feel like we are passing up too many opportunities to get the puck on net. Good thing the Caps and New York lost. Yeah, good thing they lost so the Penguins did gain a little bit of ground, but yes, I did think Pittsburgh overpassed a bit tonight, but they still should have capitalized on a lot of chances. I think Pittsburgh had an odd man opportunity. Basically, every five minutes in the game, you can really see how bad Philadelphia's defense Is um, just throughout the game. Boss says 412724. Pate Carter decided to come out of his slump and stand on his head. Uh, Carter meeting Carter Hart, not Jeff Carter, but yes, yeah, stood on his head. Yeah, that basically sums up the game as a lot of other people are saying. Tyler Campos says would have been nice to get the win, but I'll take the one point considering the Islanders and Caps lost in regulation. Yes, that is true. The Flyers do get the Islanders coming up next, so we probably have to root the Islanders to maybe win that game, but the Penguins to still sweep the back-to-back series, so Pittsburgh potentially gains um, four points and then maybe uh, gets a one-point lead on the Islanders for second place. Remember, Penguins went 6-2 against the Islanders this year, so they have no games remaining against them, and I think the Penguins would have the tiebreaker over them if the season would end at 56 games. Um, in a few weeks. Uh, don't quote me on that, though, but I think they would. Um, and lastly from Anthony Murphy, didn't get to watch the whole game before, I saw, I agree with your take. If they play like this consistently, they are going to win a lot more than they'll lose. And, yeah, I mean, they will. Usually about eight or nine times out of ten, they will win this sort of game. They didn't play bad. This wasn't a stinker. It was just, you know, like I said, for the five millionth time, a goalie stood on his head. That sucks, and they did not capitalize on their opportunities You throw this one in the garbage. You prepare for the Sabres on Saturday and Sunday, and that's that. So, thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Locked on Penguins podcast. Really appreciate it. Um, Remember, both games are afternoon starts, 3 p.m. on Saturday, 3 p.m. on Sunday. I'll be back tomorrow with an episode previewing those two games against the Sabres. So, I'll talk to you then. Hope you all have a great rest of your night, great rest of your Friday. Um, And I'll talk to you later on Friday if you're listening to this one sometime on Friday. So, talk to you guys soon.